0: Let me begin with a word of prayer. O oh God, you speak. Let us listen. Teach us through your word to be obedient servants. Humble us before your word. Show us the value of your word so that it might transform us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to read a text this morning in Psalm 119, beginning at verse 81. And as we're going to discover in this word, a high view of God's word produces endurance in all seasons of life. I'll say that again. A high view of God's word produces endurance in all seasons of life. This is God's word in Psalm 119, beginning at verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. This is the word of God. A high view of God's word produces endurance in all seasons of life. This psalm, you just feel it. The desperation, the, the loneliness, the ache and the pain, the cry of discomfort, the, the, the feeling of the weight of David through each one of these verses is un, unexplainable in, in our own understanding. But as we come to this word, as you see and you believe and you hear these words, you see how desperate his situation truly is, how, how dark it truly is. Here we see in verses 81 through 83, the, the weakness, the frailty, the affliction that David experiences. And then verses 84 through 87, you, you see it even deeper. Not just some general weakness and frailty, but he's being hotly pursued and he feels persecuted and he feels crushed. But yet, there is an enduring There is an enduring in in David, in in all of this. You can trace it throughout this entirety of this passage, this enduring nature of David, this man of God. I love the chief end, the chief concern of David above all things is not a relief of the pain, it is not an escaping of the persecution, it is not a strength renewed. No, look at verse 88. He says, in your steadfast love, give me life. Like, yes, deliver me so that I'm not dying, so that I'm not frail. But why? Why does he want life? What is the goal? What is his chief concern? Is it so that he might feel good, that he might be well thought of, that he might be rich and healthy? No, he wants God to give him life for one main aim. He says, so that I may keep The testimonies of your mouth. He says, what God has spoken, his testimonies out of his own mouth, his own words, are worth me keeping above all things. I, with all that I have in me, with any bit of life I have in me, I desire to keep his word. That's his chief Concern Above all other concerns he may have in any season of his life, the chief concern of David here is to keep the testimonies of God of his own mouth. He describes uh, the word of God very much like 2 Timothy 3.16 does. All scripture is breathed out by God. It's, It's something of God's mouth. He has spoken it. He has spoken his very word. And that's where the high view of God's word begins. Is believing that God indeed is the one who has authored the scriptures. And you need to know that and you need to believe that because if the Bible is going to mean anything to you and say anything to you other than just a flaky self-help book or, or some sort of uh, yeah, backup plan. If the Bible is going to be transformative for your life, assuring of your hope and giving you uh, the truth and the promise of eternal life. It better not be on shaky ground. It better be the very words of God, or else it is nothing more than a guru who has written the book who will likely fail and falter. If this is indeed the word of God, then it can be trusted. If it is indeed the word of God, then the promises hold fast. So the word of God is the place where you begin with your high view, believing that God is the author and that God has spoken it. He, it is his word, the words out of his mouth, David says in verse 88. And that's where his main goal is, is that he wants to keep those words. If these are the words of God, they are the words of life. And, and that's the life worth living, But you see, David, and his experience here in these verses is dark. It is devastating. It is crushing when you feel the weight of these words and just the the frailty of David. Verse 81, he is longing for salvation. He is longing for deliverance. And and he's not just talking about like initial salvation through the Messiah, where he needs to know he's forgiven of his sin. That's not what he's he's meaning here. He's meaning just deliverance. He he longs for God to deliver him. And so he places his hope in the word of God. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because the word of God offers deliverance. The word of God offers hope of deliverance, where God says, I will not leave you in a place where um, you are not supposed to be, where you cannot um, handle the the weight of it without my help. He says, you're not going to do that. You're not going to drown. So there's this longing for deliverance, this longing for salvation based on the hope in God's word. 82, you see him further. He says, my eyes long for your promise. Or my eyes, they fail. They grow dim. They grow weak. Like, I am, I am just weary. My eyes are so tired. I am exhausted. And I'm exhausted and I'm longing in that exhaustion. I am striving. I am consumed by. I am spent after your promise. He says, when, when will you comfort me? Just raw honesty. When will you comfort me? I need comfort. I am weak. I am frail. I am lonely. I am lost. I feel uncomfortable in a million ways. When will you comfort me? So in this moment, in writing this, David is not feeling the comfort of God. Is the comfort of God always there? Is the comfort of God a promise that is present? He says, my eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? When will you comfort me? Verse 83 further shows us of the the frailty. It says, For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke. I have become like a wineskin in the smoke. I have become like a a dried out wineskin. It, It is frail. It is on the edge of cracking. It is weathered. It is worn. I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, so frail, about to break, about to crack. That's what I feel like on this verge of uh, a break in some sort of way. But look what he says, end of verse 83, yet, you see the endurance, yet, I have not forgotten your statutes. I've been weak. I've been frail. I feel on the edge of of cracking and breaking. I am so weak right now. But yet, I've not forgotten your statutes. I will not forget your word. I will endure in believing. I will endure in trusting. My faith remains intact. Yes, I am weak and frail. Yes, I am lost and feeling not very comforted in this moment. But I have not disregarded you or your faithfulness, because I have not forgotten your word. I have not forgotten what you've said, what you promise. He, he goes on to talk about just the, the length and the time and the trial. He says, you know, verse 84, as he's not just feeling the, the, like an exhaustion in his own body and frailty in his own body, but he's feeling, you know, external pressures and, and, and persecution and, and trials. And he says, how long must your servant endure? Like, how long am I going to live through this thing? When will you judge those who persecute me? Like, is it ever going to end? Like they're after me. They're hotly pursuing me. They are, they are hurting me. Will it ever end? He says, the insulin have dug pitfalls for me, verse 85. They've, they've set traps. There's so many snares that I could fall into that, that would harm me. They, they don't live according to your law. They don't, they don't care. About me. They've dug pitfalls for me. They want me to fail, and, and there's, there's so many opportunities for me to fail and fall. But he says, verse 86 All your commandments are sure. They are sure. They are faithful. What you have said is faithfulness. What you have said is true. What you have said is enduring. They persecute me with falsehood, they lie, they cheat but he says you don't your commandments are sure i can trust in them i can trust in your ways they may lead me whatever whether it's some external people or your own sinful heart or your own fleshly desires you can talk about them this way they may lead me in falsehood they may dig pitfalls for me but you never will And so I'm going to lean upon you. I'm going to beg you. Help me. Help me to come back to you. Help me to look to you. Help me to trust in you through it all. Even though I'm weak and frail. Even though I feel like a wineskin ready to burst. Even though I'm I'm recognizing that I have to endure this suffering. Help me, oh God, to know that and to believe that and to remember. Have a high view of the faithfulness of your word. I believe it is faithful, because it is you. It is you on display. It is you who have uh, said these things. It is you who have done these things. And so I know your word. It is faithful and true. Your commands are sure. So help me. Help me. These people, he says in 87, have almost made an end of me on earth. They've almost taken me out they could have, they would have put an end to me. And maybe you feel that, you know, maybe not from other people, but maybe from your own sinfulness, your own temptation, your own trials. What has come to you that has just battered you down? They've almost made an end of me. He says, but I have not forsaken your precepts. I have not forsaken them. I have endured I feel weak. I feel persecuted. I feel frail. I feel like I've almost been made an end of. But all through it all, there is this enduring nature because of the high view of God's word. The high view of God's word. He believes that God's word is worth hoping in. You see it in 81. I hope, in your word, it gives us things to look for, promises to stake our lives upon, things that we can trust in. That's the hope. It's not a promise of your problems are going to go away. No. He calls it a promise in verse 82. He longs for the promise of God. The promise of what? Of this deliverance? Yeah, there's deliverance. Does it mean that your problems are going to stop in this world? Very likely not. But does it mean that you will have a comforter who will comfort you inwardly, renewing your spirit day by day, even if your body wastes away? Yes, you have that promise in the word. Yes, you have the promise that you you will be glorified one day with the Father in heaven. You have that promise. You have that to hope in that promise to comfort you. This is the word that is not to be forgotten, a word that is memorable, a word that teaches us of the faithfulness of God. That's why he he insists on not forgetting God's word. He, He does not want to forget the times that he has seen God be faithful again and again and again, that he's seen God pull through when everything else seems impossible. He does not want to forget that because his own affliction, or others might try to lie to him and tell him, your God's not even with you. Your God can't pull you through this. You're all on your own. Your God definitely does not love you. I mean, look it. Would your God let you endure all that stuff if he really loved you? David says, I do not forget your word. And I don't forget your servant, Job. I, I don't forget your servant, Paul. And most of all, I don't forget your son, the Lord Jesus Christ who endured, he was the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. I know that you are a God who is faithful to your promise and faithful to your ways, that that just because someone endures affliction and feels weak and frail, doesn't mean that you've abandoned them not one bit. So I've not forgotten your word. I have a high view of your word, which tells me of and shows me of and assures me of your faithfulness and your truth. The high, word, high view of God's word is that God has spoken and he will fulfill. That God has promised and he will keep his word. That God is near and he will not leave or forsake. It is not forgetting the word of God that helps the Christian to endure. That's why a high view of God's word produces endurance in all seasons. You know, the easy seasons, the, the highs are easy to get through. And often in those highs, we... We forget the word of God. We, we don't take the word of God to bear until we're in the valley where, where it's things like this where we can echo David maybe and say, like, I, I feel like a wineskin ready to break. How long must I endure? Like, when will you come for me? Like, I'm not feeling in this moment any relief from all this trial. And ultimately, there's this underlying endurance, an underlying belief and faith and reliance upon and trust in the very words and promises from God's own mouth to you. So David says, I don't want to forget that. Verse 83. He says in verse 87, even though they've almost made an end of me, even though I feel so crushed, he says, I have not forsaken so I have not forgotten your word and I have not forsaken it either. Yes, I might remember it, but but have I forsaken it? Have I just done my own thing? I know what God says, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, but I'm gonna do my own thing anyways. It's not what he says. He has not forgotten it, and he has not forsaken it. He says at the end, this is my goal, that I will keep the testimonies of your mouth. That is his chief concern is to know God's word so that he can endure. The question is about you and me, is like, do we know God's word well enough that we've not forgotten it? Or in seasons where things are hard, do we forget it? Do we leave it aside? Do we neglect it? Do we forsake it? Do we forget? Do we forsake? Yes, yes. If you are like me, if you are a sinful human being that still makes mistakes, then you indeed forget and you forsake God's Word. You're tired. You're weak. You're frail. you got other things on your mind. Maybe you think that you can handle this on your own. Or, you know what, you'll come back to God's Word once you've put these ducks in the row. You know, once you've got more energy, once you get smarter, um, once things aren't as busy. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let, let this passage remind us that we are to be the people, first and foremost, who uh, go to God's word, not forgetting it and not forsaking it. Because that is what produces endurance. A lot of times we think, well, if I can just push through, if I can just get through this season on the other side, I'm so hopeful that I'm going to be in love with God's word again and I'm going to be flourishing in God's word again. that I'm going to have true life again. And it's not true. The only way to experience that true life is when we do not uh, forget and we do not forsake the word of God. Let's then together keep this as our chief concern, as he does in verse 88. He says, in your steadfast love, give me life so that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Let's, Let's be those people together. Whatever the season that comes, let us have a high view of God's word, that, that trusts in God's word, that, that hopes in God's word, that, that hears God's word and, and, and clings to God's word. It, it is not easy when everyone around you doesn't. But you realize that maybe you've had good seasons in your life where you've spent a lot of time in God's word and it's become really precious to you. And those are so sweet, aren't they? But let's not... Forget those times. Let's cling to those times. Let's press in to those times and pursue those times again. It's when we are a people of God's word that he is um, speaking to us and encouraging us and equipping us and showing us his faithfulness and his promises and his love and his truth. He's showing us the, the very consistency. When our life is inconsistent and everything else seems to be crashing around you, go to the word. Don't forget it. Don't forsake it. Pursue it to keep it so that you might have a a real balanced uh, underlying uh, sense of who you are and what God has called you to be and what God has for you in and through Christ. You know, when David says, my soul longs for your salvation, he longs for deliverance as we all do. Uh, Yes, from the troubles of this world, but above all things, salvation from our sin, deliverance from the guilt and the shame, salvation of our souls forever, for all of eternity. How do we get it? only from the hope of the word, that there is a savior, that there is a Messiah, that there is one who would love you even though you don't deserve it. Let us hope in the Lord Jesus Christ as we look to him, as we lean on him, and as we uh, forsake all of our ways and we trust in him alone for our deliverance. We want to keep his testimonies because they are life-giving to us. Let's aim for that together and let's pray. Oh God, We pray for your salvation to come uh, to us, to remind us of your deliverance, to remind us of who we are in you, that we have hope, that we have true life, that we can endure because all that you have displayed yourself to be, how faithful you are, not just as, as who you are, but in your word and what you have done and what you have promised, God, help us to lean heavy upon that so that we might endure. Uh, In the good times, but then all the more in the difficult times when we are weak, frail, and feel broken and alone. Help us to endure by keeping your word. We pray this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.